0: Good morning, Victory Church. How you doing? Let me hear you. My name is Troy. My wife, Darla, and I get the absolute privilege to pastor this church. And if you are visiting with us, I want to say welcome. So glad that you could join us today. And I want to take a minute to kind of explain the context of what's happening here today, especially if you're visiting or maybe you, you come here regularly, but you've been out for a couple of weeks and you're saying, what is Find Your Circle? What is this box concept? What is he talking about? Um... A few weeks ago, we launched this series called Find Your Circle, where we talked a lot about how we believe that one of the greatest gifts God gives us outside of salvation and other things is each other, the ability to connect with one another. And we've been talking for weeks about the importance of having a circle, a a group of people that are there for you to do life with. And we talked a lot about how most people kind of naturally have a circle already. For example, who were you hanging out with during the Super Bowl? Or if you were going to uh, 4th of July cookout, or you're going to go see a movie, who is it that you're hanging out with? And you kind of already have a circle. And so we talked about that and the ability to be able to help you make your circle better because a lot of times our circles are not proactive in being able to encourage one another and help one another, just kind of there, Right. Uh, and then we also talked about maybe you, especially in this Nashville area, maybe you've moved here recently and you don't have a circle. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of my friends who, you know, we moved here a couple of years ago to launch the church, and I've got a lot of friends that go to church here that have moved here in the past couple of years, and I was actually having lunch with a friend the other day that's been here for a couple of years, and it's just hard as adults to find friends, right? Like we notice our kids would do this, our kids will walk to the playground and be like, I'm Tony. What's your name? And they'd be like, I'm Billy. I'm like, we're friends. And then they're friends, right? They're just friends for the rest of the day. And they're just, you know, that's my mom. That's my dad. We don't, we kind of struggle with that, right? We'll introduce ourselves, but then we're like, okay, bye. And so it's hard for adults to really connect. And so we wanted to be very proactive in this. And so what you're seeing and what Pastor Brian's talking about with these boxes is as a church, we're taking the next five weeks. So it starts this week coming up, the next five weeks. And we're asking you to meet with your circle and in those boxes are, are recipes and activities. And there's just a short video for me that's gonna uh, talk a little bit about how to make our circles better. And then the purpose, the main time of the, the time together is to hang out together and to just spend time together and find out how we can be better friends and better circles. And then after those five weeks... Uh, we just kind of encourage you to hang out together, whether it be go see movies or eat dinner or, hey, go, you know, come to the church picnic together or go to serve day together. And then in the fall, we'll meet back together for another five weeks. And I'm just believing that this is going to really set in tone uh, the opportunity for people to look around and say, hey, I've got, some, I've got some friends already who don't necessarily come to church. And then I've got some friends in the church. And let's just bring them all together and let's hang out together. And then let's be very proactive in making those groups Better. Amen? And so so here's what we want to ask you to do today. Um, If you are hosting a circle, as service is over, as Pastor Brian said, you'll go and get the box and get it registered and do all that. If you're already attending a circle and you know it, just go out there and hang out, get you some crumble cookie, have a good time, maybe talk to your host and kind of finalize the day and the time you're meeting. If you're in here and you say, man, I don't have a circle, I don't really know anybody in the church, maybe you're visiting, maybe you've been coming here for a few weeks, but you don't really know anybody, maybe you moved to Nashville a couple years ago and you just haven't built friends, look, we are so proactive, we're ready for that, and so what I want to ask you to do is when service is over, when you get the time, go to the table where the boxes are, and Chris Swanner will be there, he's, hes we call him Doc, he's the director of circles here, and so he'll get with you, and we've actually got some circles that are purposely for this, they're purposely for finding people and saying, hey, come be a part of our circle, and come connect, and just get to know more and more people, and then we'll kind of do our best at helping you find your circle. Cool? How many of you excited about Crumble? Hey, if you're not in a circle, you don't get to eat Crumble. That's why they are a circle, okay? That's why we got them, so I'm just kidding. You can have as many as you want, but, but we really do want you to be in a circle, so if you happen to have any questions about this concept, maybe we haven't done a good job of explaining it to you, find myself, Pastor Brian, or one of our team members out in the lobby, and just ask those questions, and let us do the best we can at helping you find a circle. Please, please don't use that excuse of, like, I'm busy, or I don't know anybody, and then miss out on something that I believe God has for you. Amen? Amen. Um, so as, as we said, we're bringing it to a close, and I just want to look at three verses today that, that I was reading a few weeks ago, and something really stood out to me, and I want to read those today, and then I want to bring to you a thought, and then we'll close and celebrate together as we go out and find our circle. So you're going to find it in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and it's three verses, 15, 16, and 17. And Paul is talking, he actually is sending this letter to his mentoree. He says in Scripture that it was his son in the Lord, so like his spiritual son, right? And so he's sending this letter to Timothy, and he's currently in prison, and he's going through a hard time. And according to him, everybody's kind of abandoned him. Uh, he actually says, the Christians have deserted me, right? Anybody ever felt that way? Okay, no, still, still, st- still a fresh wound, I'm sorry. Um, and, and so he just I just kind of feel like people have abandoned me. And then he says something about a character, and I want to show you this. So 2 Timothy, throw it up there for us. Uh, chapter, or sorry, chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. Watch this. As you know, all the Christians who came here from Asia have deserted me. So he's in prison. He's like, I'm alone. I don't have a circle, right? And he says, may the Lord bless. Now pause here for a second. I want to help you pronounce this word, and I've got to gather my thoughts to make sure I say it right. It is Anaciphorus, all right? So say it with me. Say Anaciphorus. Sounds like something you need to go get medication for, doesn't it, right? <laughs> in, c- in case you are currently pregnant, that name is available for you to name your child that. Welcome little, little Rebecca and little Onisiphorus. Here we go right here. All right, so Onisiphorus, So, rewind. May the Lord bless Onisiphorus and all of his family because he visited me and he encouraged me often. So, all these Christians in Asia deserted me, but oh, Onisiphorus, here he is. And watch this. His visits revived me like a breath of fresh air. Everybody go, right, felt good, some of you, all right, like a breath of fresh air, and he was never ashamed of me being in jail. In fact, when he came to Rome, he searched everywhere trying to find me, and he finally did. My buddy Onesiphorus, every time he visited me, it was like a breath of fresh a fresh air. Do me a favor, grab the person beside you, get them, get the person, if you don't have somebody behind you, get them behind you, get them in front of you, look at them, give them a real serious look, you ready? You're going to give them the title of my message, and I don't want you to say it like it's 1990, because when I tell you the title, you'll see in 1990, this could have meant something else, but look at them and say, what's my name? <laughs> what's my If they're single, say, can I have your number? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? we're, trying to, we're trying to hook y'all up, trying to get y'all married in this thing. We are, okay, never mind, we try to grow the church naturally around here, you know how it is. All right, what's my name? Everybody say, what's my name? name? It's not on I can tell you that right now. Uh, Hey, how many of y'all had a nickname? Any any of y'all grow up with a nickname? Anybody in here had a nickname, right? Some of y'all, you don't want to admit it, right, your nickname? You're like, how many of y'all have the worst nickname? You say, I have the worst nickname, because you're close to me, what is it? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Sticks. You know who that is, Paul? That's your wife. You better start calling her Anaciphorus. Who, who over here has the worst nickname? Anybody want to admit it? Nope, nope, that's fair. Okay. Um, I'm going to find out privately. I'm going to bust you out on stage. So so I, I had four nicknames that throughout the, the, the season of my life. Uh, I currently have a newer one that we'll talk about in a moment. It's a little bit more chill. But, but let me walk you through my four nicknames I've experienced in my life. My very first nickname was given to me by my dad when I was little, and it was walking underwear. Um, I asked him, I said, why, why would you call your child that? Don't you love me? And he said, well, you were real skinny and you were really white. And so you just looked like a pair of Long John underwear walking. And I was like, I hate you. And, um, and so a couple years go by and, and that I'm, I'm growing out of that. You know, I got a tan and, and ate some donuts. And so I'm growing out of walking underwear. And he, he was a big Star Trek fan. Anybody in here else a nerd? Anybody? You know, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Y'all some Star Trek fans? All right. Okay. All right. Um, I'm gonna move on. And so uh, he was watching it, and one time there was this episode where they they said the word Tronya, Okay. Apparently it was like a planet or something. I don't know. And so the word Tronya, and that became my nickname. And so like my friends would be over, and he'd be like Tranya, come here. And I'm like, it's not my name. You know, you it's Troy. It's not. I see it. I see how you. I see how we got there. But it's Tranya. Uh, tr- anyway. And so um, <laughs> Dad, I know you're listening, and I, yep, you're gonna pay. And so. Um, then I got into high school, and now I, now I could create my own nickname, right? Because now you move from like nicknames based off of how you look or what you smell like, and now, now you get to do your own nickname. And at the time when I met Pastor Brian, his nickname was Socks. Because he wore really tall socks. I don't know. And so um, I, I came, I was like, I need to create my. So I came up with this. You ready? I came up with this really creative nickname. My nickname was Unique. You just gonna laugh out loud like that at the church? We need security. Security. Unique. And obviously, as you can tell from the humor from my friends here, that it was it was not accurate. Uh, um, I, 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 was, I was very normal. I did though, I got the letters printed on the back of my windshield of my car. They were like this big. And it's just Hey, get the crumble. We're done. We can wrap up. All right. It was just, it was just unique. There, I had some rims and there it was. Um, and then we became children's pastors. It, believe me, I think it gets worse. And, and somehow I inherited the nickname T-Rizzle. That was the nickname as T-Rizzle. I don't really know. And so right now I'm a little bit more happy because now I tend to be called P.T. That's kind of the nickname now, P.T. And I like that. That's better than, than T-Rizzle. Uh, it's, it's, I should still be unique. Don't you think? I think y'all should call me Pastor Unique. I just think that makes more sense. But I mean, anyway, all right. So I just like to put my problems out here so that you can feel like it's okay for you to be dumb too. Because this is my lifestyle. But, but you know, it's just interesting because what you have is Onisiphorus And I think Paul is like, I can't, I'm dumb pronouncing your name. And so we're just going to come up with kind of a nickname for you. And he says, if I, if I had to come up with a nickname for you, it'd be refreshing. Because every time I'm around you, it's like a breath of fresh air. And I think, I honestly think that if you could ask God, when you designed us to be together, what, what was the atmosphere that you wanted it to be like? Like when we gather and hang out together, what were you expecting the atmosphere to be like? And I think God would have said, I wanted y'all to get together, and I wanted it to be like a breath of fresh air. I just wanted it to be just a... <sighs> but unfortunately, we, we, we tend to surround ourselves with people that when we're with them, It's not a breath of fresh air, right? It's it's the total opposite. And and as we move forward in this concept of circle, I believe that God designed us, watch this, to be able to make a significant impact in each other's lives through little, subtle ways. I, I think we're able to make significant impact in each other's lives in just subtle ways. Sometimes it'll be something big, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just the fact that, hey, we were out to eat and you bought my lunch. Have you ever had somebody buy your lunch before? It's like, it's amazing. You're like ah, my bank account can breathe a little bit, right? You know what I'm talking about? It's just something so subtle, but it impacts you in a significant way. And I just was kind of looking at this going, all right, I think that as we move forward and as this is the finale and we're going to gather in our circles and hang out together, I think you and I should create an atmosphere in our circles that is like a breath of fresh air. It should be refreshing. When you gather over this next week, whether you're meeting on Tuesday or Thursday or Saturday, when you gather, it should be refreshing. And then here was my question. How do I or how can I be a breath of fresh air? I got problems. Anybody else in here got problems, right? Yeah. And and I'm not, and sometimes, I was trying to drink coffee for the first time so I could have some energy a minute ago, and I had some black coffee because that's what the worship team told me to do, and uh, it was nasty, okay? (laughs) And so I put the equivalent of some kind of creamer, and it was nasty. And so I'm just trying, I'm wanting, you know, I'm trying to, sometimes I'm, I'm depressing, and sometimes I'm angry, and sometimes I'm not fun to be around, so how can I be a breath of fresh air for my circle? And I want to talk to you about that just for a moment this morning. Interestingly enough, the night before Jesus is crucified, he's hanging out with his circle. Um, he'll, he'll be crucified and dead by 9 a.m. the next morning, yet that night, of all the things he could have chosen to do, he chose to hang out with his circle, and he hangs out with them for an entire night, and that entire night is documented through five chapters of the Bible, John, 5, John sorry, uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. So the, the night, it's one night. But it's over five chapters of scripture that Jesus is hanging out with his disciples. And throughout those five chapters, Jesus models five things that I believe that he does. He he, kind of models for us and shows us that you and I can do with our circles to be a breath of fresh air. So what I think Jesus was doing was this. I think he was saying, I'm about to leave. By 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, I'll be out. And so I want to train you to know how to be a breath of fresh air for the people around you. Because you've been in my circle, now you're going to go create your own circles, and if the church gets this right, it'll produce the concept of circles to the end of time because it's the best way for the gospel to be shared, and it's still the best way to be discipled. And so he said, this is how you should do it. And the truth is, we are still meeting today, but we don't quite have these attributes when we do. So you ready? Here's the, five, here's the really cool thing about these five things is it's also the five things we'll be talking about in our circles over the next five weeks. And so you'll be able to go a little bit deeper. You'll be able to ask kind of specific questions for you and your friends about these subjects. But I just kind of want to train you and just want to kind of educate you a little bit on them right here today. So here we go. Number one is this. We have to serve one another. If we're going to be a breath of fresh air, you and I have to learn to be able to serve one. One another. Watch this. So it starts off in John 13, verses 1 through 5, says it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, this is his circle, having loved his circle, he loved them to the end. Watch this. So he got up from the meal. So they're eating dinner. They're having Mexican food because that's what Christians do, right? So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash his disciples' Feet. How many of you have heard of Jesus washing his disciples' feet before? You've heard about that, washing feet? So, so this, th- back in that culture, how many of you go, ugh, right? How, how many of you are not feet people? Like when you see people's feet, you're like, you need to cover them up. Like, you know, you need to get some, some steel toe shoes because them things are rough, you know. Um, so in that day, right, we didn't have cars, so people are walking, and their, their feet are getting dirty. And so then it, they, whenever they would come to somebody's house for dinner, it was a ritual for them to have their feet washed, and 99% of the time, that ritual was reserved for a servant. When, when they would get one of their servants to stand there, and when you came in, they would use the basin and the towel, and they would wash your feet. So when this happens, when Jesus gets up from the meal and takes off his outer clothing and gets down and begins to wash their feet, he was clearly sending a very loud message, which was this. Even though I am your friend, even though I am the Son of God, I came to serve, not to be served. So when he did that, he said, I'm taking the job of a servant and I am going to serve you. There's just something about having friends in your life that understand that they are there to serve you as much as you are there to serve them. I'm telling you, I don't, I, I don't really know how to explain it. I talk in some of the videos that you guys will watch about the day that a bunch of my friends came over and helped me move. And it was such an incredible feeling for me to see people serving me in that way. And it made me want to serve them in any way they needed. It was just amazing what it did. And when you have a really good circle of friends, then you know what it's like to not only be able to serve them, but for them to be able to serve you. And again, the, 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 the concept of what that means could be very wide. I'll give you an example. Um, I, let me say this real quick, and I won't preach long on it because I think you'll understand what I'm saying. But there, there are seasons for circles. Some of you have been in a circle that you're not in anymore. Doesn't make that circle bad, it's just there was a season for that circle. So I had a circle in Memphis. I had a great circle in Memphis. And some of those people moved here with us, but some of them didn't. And so that was a season for that circle. And God used it for that purpose then. And now there's a new circle with a new purpose. And so that circle was really awesome. In fact, let me tell you one day what they did that I thought was really cool to serve Darla and I. It was Veda's birthday. I don't remember. She was pretty young, maybe four or five. And she wanted a Jake and the Neverland Pirates birthday party. You ever heard of them, Jake and the Neverland Pirates? Okay, see who has kids and who is creepy. And so, um, so, so she says, hey, I want a birthday party of Jake and the Neverland Pirates. And, and, and she kind of expresses that she wants somebody to be dressed up like Jake and the Neverland Pirates. And I didn't even know that was a thing. And so I remember talking that through, and some of my friends were like, hey, we'll do it. And so I got this picture. It's happening. Look, look at these guys down here, all right? So, so look, this, this guy's name is actually Jake, and he was Jake from the Neverland Pirates. And you see, look, this, where Cody right here, this is my buddy, Pastor of church in Waverly. He was one of the pirates. But how cool is this? This is my father-in-law dressed up as the bad guy, right? And, and, and so here I am for a moment, but I'm not in this picture. I'm going to explain where I was in a second. But how cool is that, that I had friends that were willing to make themselves look like complete fools, right, to be able to serve me. And that was the concept. Like, they were there like, hey, your daughter once, they loved Veda. They were like, hey, you want a Jake and the Neverland Pirates? We will be Jake and the Neverland Pirates. The reason why I'm not in that bottom picture is because in the storyline, as we went looking for treasure, the treasure was in a cage or a cave or something with a gorilla. And so I had to get in the gorilla costume because I couldn't find any friends that would do that for me. Um, And and that was an experience. So you can take that picture off now. But it's just the concept of having friends that will be willing to serve you. And so I want you to understand that when it comes to your circle, if you want to be a breath of fresh air to your circle, you have to be prepared to like, hey, I'm here to serve you, and you're here to serve me. And it's not a I have to, it's a I want to, right? I I wanted to say it like this, when we serve each other, we go from sharing stories with one another to sharing our lives with one another. You need to catch that. Sometimes you just have a circle of friends and, well, we just share stories. What does it mean to share your life? I was hanging out with Jake and Cody at a conference a couple days ago, and we were talking about it. It's what brought it back to my memory. And we're still that close because we shared that life together. You all have somebody where you can think about, whether they're in your circle now or whether they were in your circle before, where you had an opportunity to serve them, they had an opportunity to serve you, and it brought you closer. Am I right? So if we want to be a breath of fresh air, we have to start by serving one another. Number two is this. We have to be ready to encourage one another. John chapter 14 It says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For my Father's house has many rooms. This is Jesus talking to his circle. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. At that current time, there's a lot of uh, persecution happening for Christians, and there's a lot of conversation happening that Jesus is going to return to heaven. Jesus is talking about it. People are talking about it. It's prophesied, and it's freaking the disciples out, and they're a little uneasy because Jesus, in their mind, has not fulfilled what they thought he came to do, and so they don't understand the concept that now he's going to leave them and ascend into heaven, and they're trying to process that, and Jesus begins to encourage them and say, hey, listen, you got a purpose. I've got a plan right, he begins to uplift their spirits. One of the things that you and I should always be responsible for in our circles is to be able to encourage each other. That should be a goal of ours. How can I encourage you? Now, let me explain to you what encouraging is not. Often, we think that just because we can give misery company, we're all of a sudden encouraging somebody, right? It's not the concept. I looked up the definition of encouragement, and it's to bring confidence, hope, and to show support. So that's what I mean, right? Like, when you come along somebody and you give them some confidence or, or you show them some hope that, or you show, show them support, that's what it means to encourage them. And so when you, are, when you have a circle of friends, your goal is not to join their misery. Your, your, your goal is not to create gossip. Your goal is not to, to put fire or put wood on the fire, right? They said that to you? Oh, I can't believe they said that to you. That's not the concept. You're supposed to encourage and show support and show hope. We, we were on a missions trip one time. And I had my circle, we were going to Jamaica, and we were all assigned different churches to preach at, and they assigned me at this church to preach at, and they said, Troy, you need to let the group that's with you know that they will serve you a meal after you preach, and out here, the culture is that if you don't eat and enjoy their meal, you'll be disrespectful, so you need to make sure you eat their food and enjoy it, and so I'm like... Gotcha. So on the, the ride over there, I'm telling my group, I'm like, hey, guys, this is the culture. I don't know what they're going to serve us, but make sure you eat it and make sure you smile and look like you like it. Like, if you don't, be like, this is so good. It's so good. You know, like, find, find a way to do it. So we get over there. We preach. Service is over. We come out, and there's this massive tent set up and all this food. And I'm looking through the food, and there's some kind of, I think it was supposed to be fries. I'm not really sure what it was, um, but then there was this one tub that it was goat, and they had just chopped the goat up with the, like, a, like a meat cleaver, you know, so it was goat and bones, yeah, and, and I was like, yay, and so, so we put it on a plate, you know, you know, you know how you know somebody like the food is they get about that much on their plate, like, I'm gonna try that, I'm just gonna try it, and so, and then at the end were like these little ice cream cups, right, and I, you know, I mean, they were more like sherbet kind of thing, and so we're getting the plate, and we're all eating, and we're all like taking a bite, like, it's great, Praise God. And I'm looking at my team. I'm like, just keep it up, keep it up. So, so I, after the time's over, I look up, and they're all now eating their sherbet, right, their ice cream. And they are just smiling, and they're going through the cup. I mean, it's empty. Some, some people had like two and three cups. And I'm like, man, y'all are doing a great job. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Way to encourage them. It's so great. And then I go and get mine, and I realize that their, their sherbet is 90% alcohol is what it is. <laughs> it's, 10% Sherbert. So I was like, you Christians, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, y'all in here like, oh, we just trying to encourage them, Lord. we just trying to encourage them. Like, hey, you're encouraging them way too much. You need to chill. You know what I mean? But that's, that's the concept. It's like there's a moment where you can encourage them. We have to learn to encourage one another. Show support, hope. I, I saw this quote and I thought, man, this quote is for me and it's for you. A true friend is someone who reminds you that you are a good egg even though they know that you're slightly cracked. Isn't that awesome? Like, we're all, we all got cracks. Look at the person beside you and say, you got some cracks. You got some cracks. We, we know you got some cracks, right? Right, we know. But here's the truth. You're still a good egg. You are still a good egg. And a good friend reminds you that, hey, you got a purpose, and God's going to do something with your life, even though you got some issues. You're not great. One of, one of probably the best encouragements I've ever received it comes often from Pastor Brian. Pastor Brian has three kids, and they're older, um, and, and then I have two kids that are younger. And we're out together often, and, and my kids will be young kids, and that crazy, and Pastor Brian will encourage me. And so most recently, we were out one Sunday after a church service. There was a bunch of us eating together, and Casey Ray had decided she was going to lay on the floor of this restaurant and act a complete fool, Okay. So I'm trying to decide at what point does the butt whooping start. And so I'm just trying to kind of figure it out. And so I get up, and I walk over to her, and I'm like, you know, (laughs) I just said, you need to get up. That's what I said, okay? (laughs) Let's just say, say, you you need to get up right now. And here's what she told me. She said, I am, let me get up. So she's laying on the floor like this. She goes, screams in the restaurant, let me get up. And then she begins to do this, like, uh, it's, it's something like you would do at the gym if you had just worked out and you fell on the ground and now you're trying to get up. She's like rolling, right? She like rolled. This foot came over here and she flipped on her belly. It took her like 45 minutes to get up. And so I'm just, I mean, she, he could just, he could see it. I was about to, like, it, it, we was about to go Old Testament. And so, um, so, so I, I sat back down beside him and he just put his head on my shoulder and he said, this too will pass. And I loved it, right, because that's such encouragement. You're giving me hope. You're giving me support. Like, like, that's what I needed. And when it comes to our circle, we need to be able to encourage one another, right? Number three was this, and let me explain this one a little bit. It's to produce with one another. So, so I don't know if that means what you think it means. Uh, I don't know what kind of circle you're building, but uh, you better put a ring on it. Um, what that really means is we're to help one another, right? So, so you have a goal. And I have a goal, and as together we should help each other be able to reach that goal. Whatever your dreams are, if I help you, you can reach your dream faster. And whatever my dream is, if you help me, then I can reach my dream faster. Look what happened in John chapter 15. Jesus said, remain in me as I also remain in you. For no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So here's what Jesus is telling them. Number one, you need to remain in me. You need to constantly be plugged up to Jesus. And then you need to remain in godly fellowship and with godly friends, godly people around you. And if you will remain in that, you will produce fruit. But if you disconnect yourself from godly community and from God, you will not produce. And I'm just telling you, God has put some desires in your hearts and he has put people around you. That will help you reach that. But if you don't connect with them, if you don't have that mindset of how can you help me and how can I help you, then you're going to miss out on the opportunity for your dreams to come true. And God has given you the people to help it come true. I can prove it to you. You're sitting here right now in this church. And I'll never forget, 18 people, in case you're visiting, we are uh, two years old, just a little over two years old. 18 people moved here from Memphis with us to help us plant this church. And if it wasn't for them, it wouldn't have happened. I'm telling you right now, Jamal, who just led us in worship, he, he's one of the guys that moved with us. It would have never happened the way it's happened without that group. There was a time where my circle said, hey, whatever your dream is, we're going to help you reach it. I, I thought this would be cool. Uh, I had a friend recently make like a photo album of our two-year anniversary, and she put in the front of it the email, the original, because she was a part of the group that moved. Uh, the original email that I sent to them, kind of saying to them, like, hey, you want to help me do this? And so uh, I have it up here. Watch this. Let me get out your way for a second. It says, I have never been, this, so this is my email to them. So imagine, you're Jamal, you're sitting at work, you know, how am I going to do this weekend, you know? And all of a sudden, an email comes through. Um, and I think the email was titled, It's Time. I think it was called, It's Time. I have never been so passionate, excited, and scared about something in my entire life. For I currently do not know where we might locate. I sound, a lot, I sound really educated on email, in case you're wondering. Uh, I don't know where we might locate, but I do know this. We will create a church that screams Jesus, that changes lives, that heals families, saves souls, loves people, and most of all, gives people a purpose. Are we that church? Yeah. Okay. I have always felt like an anointing on Darla and I was to help people see the purpose and potential God sees in them. You can't succeed in that unless you love people. Each one of you, watch this, each one of you are a huge piece to this puzzle. And this is before, I didn't They didn't. I didn't know they were going to say yes. I'm not 100% sure what that picture looks like, but I do know that as we look back, we'll see something incredible that God built using us. Let me tell you, God wants to build something incredible using you and your circle. That's what he wants to do. But there has to be a time where we look at our circle and go, hey, we're supposed to be doing some stuff together. How how can I help you? What's your dream? What's your vision? How can I help you? And then how can you help me? I I believe you can do anything alone, but I still believe we can do more together. I'm just convinced of it. And so when it comes to your circle, at first you just got to be ready to serve one another. You got to be ready to encourage one another got to be ready to help one another, and then fourth, you got to be ready to protect one another. In John chapter 16, go ahead and throw John 16 up there for me, let them see this, it's where Jesus is, ta- again, he's talking to them, you got to think about all of the persecution that's coming, um, and then what's going to end up happening is Jesus is going to say to them, do not be led astray. That word astray in the Greek is Scandalonian. See, I says all this I have told you, this is Jesus talking to a circle, that you will not go astray. So that word astray in the Greek is "scandalonian," which is where you and I get the word scandal. If you look up the word, when you look up the definition of the word, it literally means trap, to set a trap. So if you've ever seen, like, for example, a mouse trap or whatever it might be, uh, what he's saying is be careful of traps. Because the enemy is going to put traps that you may not be able to see. When it comes to your marriage, the enemy will put traps that you might not be able to see, but your friends can see it. When it comes to your job, when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your family, you, there might be a trap that the enemy sets that you don't see, but your friends can see it, right? So that's, that's what Jesus is saying. Hey, do not be led astray, but help protect one another. One Sunday, Darla and I were going to hit the road. Um, I forget where we were going, but we had, we had finished church. We had tore down everything, and then we were going to get in the car, and we were going to shoot off, and I, I think it was like a five- or six-hour drive. Um, we didn't have the kids with us, or maybe we did. doesn't matter, but... We're getting ready to get in the car, and Bobby, goings goes to church here, is out. He's getting in his car. We're getting ready to leave together. And um, he looks over at me, and he goes, well, brother? Um, said, that sound like him? Yeah. yeah. You know Mr. Bobby. He is, he's the mascot of Victory Church. Not really. That's awkward. But um, he's like, well, brother? He said, look at your tire. And I looked at my tire, and, like, on the backside of my tire, all of the wires were sticking out. You know what I mean? Like, it was just seconds away from blowing. So here I was. I didn't see it. So I was about to get in the car with my family and drive six hours. You can pretty much guarantee my tire was going to blow, right? But I had a friend, someone in my circle who said, hey, man, I don't know if you see it, but I see something here that you might just want to be a little sensitive to. And that's what I'm talking about, your ability to look at your friends and go, hey, just I don't know if it's a big deal, but I I see something right there that you might want to be more careful of, right? You don't see it, but I see it as a circle. We all need, and I wrote this down, we all need a place where we can reveal that which needs to be healed. Every one of you need a group in your life where you can reveal what needs to be healed. God can't heal what you hide, right? And I get it. Sometimes this isn't the place for you to stand and be like, I got a problem. I get it. But, but God puts people in your life that you can pull aside and say, hey, look, it may not be your whole circle. That's okay. It may be two or three people, maybe one person that goes to that circle, but you need that person in your life that will just come up to you and go, hey, I see this, and I think we need to pay attention to it, right? Or you can come to them without judgment, without bias, and just go, hey, this is a problem I'm having, and you can protect one another, amen? So if you're going to be a breath of fresh air to your circle, you need to start by serving one another, encouraging one another, helping one another, protecting one another, and then last, praying for one another. Jesus ends it, John chapter 17, he says, I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. Can I just tell you something right now? Like, I don't know where you are necessarily in your walk with the Lord. I don't know how serious you are about prayer and things like that. But let me me help you understand something. God has put people in your life to pray for you. God has put people in life to walk through things with you. His goal for you was not to do it alone. We've got a friend of ours, they're a couple, they moved here from Memphis, and uh, I've been praying for them now for about three weeks because they were trying to find a house, trying to buy a house, and they were having a real hard time. And every morning that was in my phone, when I would go and pray, I would pray for them every morning, every morning, every morning. And Friday night at set up, she told me they got a house. And that's just awesome to me. And, and as being a part of their circle, it's, it's my privilege to be able to pray for them, to be able to walk with them. And I want us to understand, guys, that God has given us people in our life, their gifts, and you are a gift for that purpose and for those reasons. To be able to encourage them, to be able to serve them, to be able to help them, to be able to protect them, and to be able to pray for them. And Jesus said, I'm going to show you because I'm going to do it with my circle. And then when I go, I want you to experience these same things with your circle. And if you do that to your circle, you'll be a breath of fresh air. I thought it was interesting that Paul says, everybody has deserted me. I got nobody except for one guy. One guy, and he's been a breath of fresh air to me me and to my family. I'll close with this. My, My dad lives in Panama City, Florida. I think we've talked about that before. And if you've ever been to Panama City, there's the beach side, which is where most people go and enjoy vacation, those kind of things. And then there's town side. So you got townside and you got beachside, and on townside is where most you know that's where most people live. It's a lot of retirees, and there's this big bridge that takes you from beachside to townside. Well, the very first time we ever visited there. Uh, when you go to cross the bridge, I don't know if any of you have experienced it before. But when you go to cross the bridge, you go past a paper plant that's right there, and it is the worst smelling, uh, worst smell you've ever experienced. Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever experienced that before? Yeah, it is horrible. Like you're like you're driving over the bridge. You're like, oh, it's the beach, it's the beach. Oh my goodness, right? You're looking at the person beside you, like, man, you should have, you should have bathed. Like it's it's bad. I mean, I, I didn't even know paper could stink that bad, but it is it is horrible. And so every every time we'd go, we'd go two or three times a year. Every time we'd go, we'd go, oh, it's horrible. And so we learned, no lie, we learned that when we were coming from, because my dad lived on Townside, we learned that when we were coming, there was a certain place where we knew that we were about to start smelling it. And so when we got to that place, we'd all go, oh right and then you drive and then we also knew you came over the bridge and there was a place you know kind of like right when the bridge ended right before we started getting to the, to the street signs we knew that right there the, kind of the smell was gone so we, we'd get ready we'd all you know me, Darla, my family we all hold our breath <gasps> I don't know how long to do this but we would drive and then we'd get to that place and as soon as you could hear it in the car right because as soon as you got to that place you'd hear everybody go because <gasps> <sighs> they had been holding their breath through that just terrible experience Here's what I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you for today. If we're going to put an exclamation point on this series, it's this. Life is hard. Some of you, you're single moms, you're single dads. Some of you, you're fighting, trying to save a marriage, you've watched a marriage fall apart. Some of you, you're trying to raise kids and you're not 100% sure how to do it. Your kids, the way they act, the way they respond. My kid's in the explosive stage. We're trying to figure that out. And I just feel like there's so many points in our life where we feel like we have to hold our breath. Got to go to work today. (gasps) Right? Came home. Me and my husband had a fight. (gasps) Got to hold my breath. Told my kid to go brush their teeth. (gasps) Looked at my bank account this morning. (gasps) There's just so many moments in our life, guys, where we, we feel like we have to hold our breath. Because if we were honest, man, it it it, just—it stinks. It just just stinks. And yet here's Paul saying, "Man, listen. I had somebody in my life, and he was a breath of fresh air." Prophetically, here's what I think God is saying: that in a life where you feel like you have to constantly hold your breath, God has assigned people to be in your life to be like a breath of fresh air. That no matter what you're going through, you can walk in like this. Here's what I—here's what I pray for my circle. I pray people walk in like this. it a tough day. And as soon as they walk in, it's just like. And for an hour and a half, we can just hang out. And they can just breathe normally and be encouraged, be served, be prayed for and be protected and be helped. As your pastor, that's still a little weird for me. Uh, so I don't use this card very often, but I want to use it for a second. As your pastor, I'm, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Do not miss on an opportunity to put some people in your life that will bring you fresh air. Please don't. I understand how difficult life can be. And I'll be very honest with you, and I know it's recorded, so who knows what will happen on social media from this. But sometimes reading the Bible isn't enough. Oh, pastor, I can't believe you said that. I'll tell you about this. Oh, what was his name? He was an Ethiopian eunuch. I can't remember his name. He's riding, and God sends. I'm so sorry for the for the. I'm not. I haven't read this verse in a while. so I can't remember the characters. Um, might have been Peter. But Peter sends him. God tells him, keep go run and go run beside this chariot. Run beside it. Says this guy's in. He's an Ethiopian eunuch, and he's trying to read the scriptures. And the guy that's running beside it, I think it's Peter, says over to him, says, hey, do you understand what you're reading? Is that impacting you? And the guy says, how can it? I I don't don't have anybody to explain it to me. What does that tell me? It tells me I can have the word, but if I don't have somebody that God's put in my life to be able to help me through it, it may not be enough. God has put people in our life to be that. And the funneling system is the church. I was sitting with a friend of mine, and we were talking about the fact that we can't really find friends as an adult. And I said, where do you go? If you just right now wanted to go meet some friends, where do you go? Let me walk you through our options, okay? Number one, the gym, okay? I don't know if you ever tried to make a friend at the gym. I've done okay. Most of the time, people are like, why are you looking at me? And it's like, I mean, first of all, them shorts are too small. But... You want to be a friend? Yeah. When I met Brandon Proctor, he was lifting, I was like, this dude is lifting way too much weight. Let me be around so when he hurts himself. And when he lifted it with one hand, I was like, I want to be his friend. Right? You know, I mean, that, that, that's, that's probably the best place we have. Let's talk to you. you going to meet a friend at the grocery store? I was trying, the lady was giving me some samples of ricotta. I was like, what you doing? What's your name? You want to come to my circle? You know, I mean, it's awkward, right? You can't. I mean, I mean again, what the what best thing we have for us are the clubs and the bars. And I don't know if you tried to meet a friend there. It gets kind of awkward. You know, I don't think there's, is there a Tinder for friends? I don't know how that works. It's like, oh, he looks funny. Slide to the right. It's difficult. Am I right? It's difficult. And you're so busy. It's difficult. And so God's saying, I created the church to be a funneling system where you could find people who are of one heart and of one mind and they are not perfect and they will never be, but they are trying their best to pursue a life after Jesus and they want to go with you, they want to hold your hand, they want to do it together and if you guys will do it together, you'll be able to serve one another, you'll be able to encourage one another, you'll be able to help one another, you'll be able to protect one another, you'll be able to pray with one another and in a time in this life where we can't catch our breath, they will be a breath of fresh and if you're not careful, you will get up today, and you will walk out, and you will miss out on the opportunity, and then tomorrow go, I wish I had somebody, nobody cares for me, I don't have anybody in my life, and God is saying, what else do you want me to do? You ever heard the joke where the guy's like, the, the, the it flood's happening, and he's on the roof, and somebody comes through with a boat, and he's like, oh, God will save me, and then that person leaves, and then somebody comes through with like a helicopter, and he's like, oh, God will save me, and then he eventually dies, and he goes to heaven, he's like, God, where were you? And God said, I sent you a boat and a helicopter. You idiot. Get on one of them, right? And there's going to be a point where you're like, man, I wish I had somebody in my life, and God said, literally, I made that little white dude, that little walking underwear guy, I had him up there screaming, screaming and begging and begging you. And I'm honest with you guys, I would not tell you to do this if it wasn't for the fact that I've seen it in my life. Ask my wife. I could tell you about so many times in my life that have been impactful because I had a circle so I say all that, I say this, and I will leave. I get it. Most of you in here, you're like, oh, I know I got my circle. I know where I'm going. I got a friend. Again, if you've got friends, friend, somebody go ask them, hey, what circle are you going to? But if you are in here and you don't have a friend, it's been a while, you don't have to connected with anybody, if you will come up to me after service, after the greeting and all that's done, we will find a place for you. It may not be the circle you're with over the next few years. You may find something there, and you might find one person. Y'all go start, you might start your own circle next fall. I don't know. God's cool, okay? I don't know how all that's going to work out. But I'm telling you right now, the opportunity is out there, and it's up to you on whether or not you take it. Next Sunday, we're shifting to a whole new series. It's going to be a whole new different concept, and it's going to be awesome, and God's going to move, and it's going to be great. But these circles are going to be happening all throughout the week. And the only reason why you wouldn't be in one is because you missed out on the opportunity when God put it in front of you. You need fresh air. Amen? Father, you are so faithful. I'm so humbled to even have the opportunity to speak your word. I hope my heart showed. I hope people saw it in your word. I hope they don't think it's just something I'm making up, but they see the importance of it. God, you put it right in front of us. Jesus, the Son of God, didn't need a soul, and yet he spent more time with his circle than he did anything else. God, you were modeling it for us. You formed us for friendship. God, you created us for community. So I pray right now, every person in this room, every person that's watching online, every person that calls this church home, but they might not be here today and they'll listen to a later podcast, I pray you would lead us supernaturally to the people that you want in our lives. Jesus said the people you gave him. God, you've gifted us with people. Some of us, you've gifted us with people that we're going to impact and some people you've gifted us with that will impact us. But it doesn't take away the fact that you've gifted us with people that can give us fresh air. So give us wisdom, give our leadership wisdom on how to be able to help people. And for that individual who this entire series has said, I'm not doing it in the circle. God, I pray you speak to their heart right now. Move on their heart right now. That this is exactly what they've been praying and asking for. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said.